Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. On today's episode of On Coaching, we get to dive into the concept of having a growth mindset and how embracing this practice can accelerate you directly towards your goals and your dreams. This is not just some buzzy catchphrase. We believe engaging in this mental shift can guide you through gaps and can bring colleagues and loved ones in on our vision in a way that improves their lives, not just ours. I'm Joseph King Barkley. I get to serve as an executive coach and the director of development at Novus Global, and I also get to serve as the president of the Meta Performance Institute. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Kristen Freyd, Damore Barnes, and Mike Park to discuss how to discover and harness the power of a growth mindset. We feel that having a growth mindset is not only necessary for our clients' success, but it's paramount in making sure we continue to meet our goals as coaches and as humans in this world. We hope you enjoy the show. The wait is finally over. Our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better is available for purchase wherever books are sold. This USA Today bestseller is more than 250 pages of expertise, anecdotes, and insights from Novus Global Coaches, as well as faculty from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. We are so excited to put our proprietary framework that has helped thousands of leaders achieve more into your hands. And we can't wait to see how you'll use the book to enhance your life and leadership. To learn more and obtain this essential resource for yourself, visit novus.global forward slash book. Hey, my name is Joseph King Barkley, and I get to be an executive coach in Novus Global. I also get to serve as the president of the Meta Performance Institute. Today, I am joined by some of my favorite colleagues, if I'm allowed to say that, Mike Park, Kristen Freyd, and Damore Barnes, all executive coaches in Novus Global. Today, we get to talk about growth mindset. Kristen, I wanted to start with you asking for the coaches, for the leaders listening, what do we mean, generally speaking, when we're talking about a growth mindset? And also, what don't we mean when we say that? Great. So I feel like most people put like those two terms together, growth mindset versus fixed mindset, is usually what I hear when they're put together, when people are talking about them. And when we're thinking of a growth mindset, it's what's possible, what can be created, what new things can I think of? And it's almost this open-ended way of thinking with multiple possibilities versus the fixed mindset where it's like, this is the way it is and it will not be changed. So even saying things like, this is how I am, or this is my personality, or this is how I've always been and will always be. So that's more of that fixed mindset versus really being open to the different possibilities of what I could be or what I could choose to be or how I could choose to show up in the world. Yeah, I love that, Kristen. I want to even add another layer to that and say, you know, I think in our world, we have fixed mindset, we have growth mindset, but then we also have the meta performance mindset. Because in the way that I've always heard growth mindset being used is what more can I be doing? Like, what are the things that I what are the strategies I could add? What are the things I could tweak in my life to be more productive, to be more efficient, to accomplish more? So a lot of it has to do with doing. But for us, we ask the question, well, who do you want to become? What version of you do you want to exist in the future? Do you want to create? 
that is up to these amazing things that has the kind of life that would thrill you. And so, so that's that next step for us when we say met performance. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I, it occurs to me that growth mindset is, is somewhat of a buzzword. Now we hear it all the time. And I think if we double click on growth mindset, we can actually divide it right down the middle and we can look at what growth is. And we can also double click on mindset and to get clarity on what the two of them together mean. We can also do that with fixed mindset as well. Yeah, I think about the difference between growth mindset as an abstract concept that, hey, wake up in the morning just hoping that you're going to be better or believing sort of an empty optimism that, yeah, I'm I'm going to go further today or my marriage is going to be improved today or my financial situation is going to be better today versus making choices with how I want to think about and interpret the world around me so that it becomes a resource for my own growth. I think about being strategic about the pain that I choose or the stress relating to it as potentially a resource for me to get stronger or for me to learn, to close a gap, uh, to be more resilient, to serve others. I think about seeing the people around me as resource, as a part of a potentially a team where I could be partnering with them to grow together, to create something together, as opposed to isolated and individualistic. So there are choices that I think can create not just a mindset, but also do create the results that a growth mindset uh, creates in the world and in our lives. Before we get into what a growth mindset is and how we might invite people into adopting it, I think it's helpful for us to describe what's created in the world when humans choose a growth mindset. Uh, you know, it's easy to believe that there's some who like growth mindset and there's others who don't need to bother with it because it's just stress and achievement and trophies. But actually, there's something left off the table when humans, any human, doesn't choose a growth mindset in some area of their life. So what's missing in the world when we don't choose a growth mindset? I mean, Joseph, so much. And the fun part is we don't know. I mean, there's so much more that's possible for us that we haven't even explored yet. You know, part of, I think, what gets in the way of a growth mindset is thinking that we're certain, that we know exactly what we're capable of, what we can produce what future performance looks like because we're basing it on past results. And, you know, even when we say that we want to grow, we think we know what that means. We th think we know what that can look like, but we have no idea because if we're truly em embracing a growth mindset, the future is unwritten. Like we are charting this course. Like we are inventing new things. We are creating new relationships. We're creating new business, new work, new results for our life. We have no idea what's missing because it's endless. Yeah, I look at it, if I had a visual, I look at it as far as almost following a map and people like, where do I want to go on the map, which could be resourceful, kind of Mike, to your point of like following past results, or I know uh, what I've done so far, but with the growth mindset, it, to me, it's more almost like a blank canvas of like, well, what could it look like? I get to create whatever I want. It could be something totally new. I could take pieces from the map, but I could take pieces from somebody else's map and somebody else's art and just like make this mishmash of beauty of my future that like, Mike, again, to your point, we don't know what it looks like yet, but we get to create it. And I think this is where tying curiosity to a growth mindset is so powerful of I want like curiosity and wonderment. I wonder what it could look like. Uh, I'm curious about what's possible. I am excited to see what we can create and uh, really just like create that energy that's going to really launch people into that future. I love the energy that you just said that in. And it makes me think in terms of 
When we think of growth mindset versus fixed mindset, oftentimes I believe when we're in a fixed mindset, there's a sense of fear that accompanies that. There's a sense of our being on our heels rather than on our toes. And we've all had those situations where we've been more on our heels than on our toes. We've all been in those situations where we've been in conversation or in relationship with others who are on their heels rather than their toes. And we've also all had the experience where where someone, whether ourselves or others, are originally or initially on their heels, they move to their toes, and then it opens up the entire dialogue, the entire situation. Perhaps it provides a breakthrough that you've been looking for, that the team has been looking for. And so when I think of it through that lens, I can't help but think, how much, what are we at now in terms of a population on planet Earth, like 7 billion people? We think of a whole entire planet that invariably at various points in time are more on their heels than on their toes. We think of how much really is left on the table, not only individually, but just for all of humanity. I mean, to me, it's staggering. That's so good, Demore. I I love that you brought up fear because I wonder how much performance is driven by fear and shame and, oh man, am I measuring up? Am I worth it? Do I deserve this? And so we're growing, we're putting in the work, we're putting the effort to try to get something, to try to attain something, because we're afraid of what might happen if we don't. But what we get to do, and what's really fun in the work that we do, is we invite people to love the gap. We invite people to say instead, what if instead of being driven by fear, you got excited about growing and about becoming this person, and you got to live a life of joy that, that thrilled you? Like, that's such a different energy. Yeah, I'm just thinking, uh, I love what you're saying, and I'm thinking of the the listener and, you know, in coaching, when we say the gap, what we're referring to is where you stand, where you sit in your current reality, in your situation, relative to where you want to be, to where you want to go, to where your vision is. What is that point on the horizon that you're aiming for? And the gap is the distance between the point on the horizon and where you currently sit. The more aspirational, the more thrilling, the more exciting that point on the horizon is, as that relates to where you currently sit, the greater that distance, that is the gap and the feelings that come up within the gap, one of which tends to be fear for all of us. And it's universal. So that's just a a little bit of a spotlight on what the gap is. I'm curious if you ever sense that we could take this concept too far. Does it ever become something that's unproductive as we lean into it? I can see that happening, especially when I feel like people have this desire to have a growth mindset or they look at it as like a positive label to put on themselves of, yeah, of course I have a growth mindset. And so I can see it potentially being unresourceful when we maybe are overwhelmed or we are burnout and we're almost at this max capacity. And as we're thinking about things or the what's next or how to relate to it, it's like, but but I have this growth mindset and almost committing to it in a, a non-resourceful, high-performer way that could actually reiterate or emphasize the, the overwhelm and the burnout verse and really like hitting into that high-performer of, I need to do more, I need to keep going because and keep growing from more of a do mindset, I've got to do these things versus kind of almost stepping back and actually looking from a higher level perspective, like a 30,000 foot view of, okay, what could it look like to really approach this differently or think about this differently? And to more even to your point, almost step more into the mindset piece versus a performance piece. 
Yeah, I almost get the sense, Kristen, that part of one of the ways it could go too far is to see all of the pain in your life as something you must continue to endure. And in that way, because I am a growth mindset person, so a growth mindset person, life must be painful all the time. Like I will always have discomfort and pain in all areas of my life when sometimes those are indicators that, hey, the strategy isn't working over here or there needs to be different boundaries potentially relative to your vision. So not all pain is, I mean, it's resource in a way, but to say growth mindset is just life has to be miserable or else I don't have a growth mindset might be somebody who's trying to achieve like win at being a growth mindset person as opposed to really adopting one that that creates generative results. Yeah, so I, you know, I hear what you're saying, Joseph, and I, especially for those of us who are used to creating results and have been performing at a pretty high level, it can just be the, the cost of doing business. That I'm in order for me to grow, I'm gonna burn myself out, I'm not gonna rest, uh, I'm gonna push myself harder and harder every single day. And if that's what a growth mindset equals, then, then it could be a recipe for feeling really tired, for neglecting some of the other areas in our life where we potentially might want to grow. Yeah, what uh, I think that's uh, all of what we're discussing, I think is really interesting. I think when we're thinking of growth, what occurs to me is valuable, and I think maybe valuable to the listeners is we're thinking in terms of growing into something, but we're also growing from something. So it becomes really important to understand what the current reality is. Because in understanding the current reality, if we're thinking, hey, I actually, growth for me would be resting. I have difficulty resting and I experience negative impacts or the people that I care about or the shareholders that uh, are connected to me in my life, they're negatively impacted in such a way by my inability or my not choosing to rest so that perhaps that awareness informs my mindset in such a way that I then choose to create dynamics and structures and processes that will facilitate my ability to rest. Working with the founder, venture capitalist, you know, he exited uh, several companies and was doing a session with him. And I got to say, just honestly, I missed the ball. I dropped the ball because I'd say because my mindset was such that I was so focused on what does this individual need to do? What are they longing to do? What are they longing for? And it wasn't until the last 25% of our call together where a light bulb went off in my head and I asked him a single question. And his answer was, I don't have any qualms about doing anything that others perceive as being impossible. I've been doing what people think or perceive as being impossible uh, for the majority of my adult life. What seems impossible to me, but yet what I really need, and I've just recently identified that I need, is that I need to rest. I need to turn my brain off. That's where I need to grow. That's the area that I need to mature in. And I need to level up my mindset in such a way in order to be able to occupy that, to step into that. And so that was sort of mind blown for him and mind blown for me because, I mean, part of myself, you know, for me in it, I was kicking myself because it's just like, ah, oh, I really missed the opportunity where I thought I missed the opportunity of spending 75% of the call working on that with him. But even as we're talking now about growth mindset, it's like in this moment, even as I'm verbally processing it with you and those who are listening, there's a way in which my mindset in this moment, I can actually choose to look at the value 
and embrace the excitement, even in the memory of being able to have that 25%. And so there's one way that is very disempowering and very heavy and very like, I could beat myself up about it and I can jump into that in an instant. And then there's another way where I can actively choose to say, no, that was a gift that we found it because we might not have found it, but we found it, he found it, and it was resourceful to him. Growth mindset in real time right there, Damore. In real time. Yeah. Coach and client, right? <laughs> well, that's interesting too. I wonder if we could explore our relationship with the growth mindset and how that impacts how we serve clients. You know, my mind is going to, gosh, if I... If there's resistances in my own life or even maybe just misapplication of it, a misunderstanding of a resourceful kind of growth mindset, that's going to show up in how I coach people. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest gifts I think we have in our work is to be able to build relationships of trust and deep connection. And I think for me, what I've noticed about my own life is caring so much about what other people think, trying to look good in front of other people has been my area of growth. That's been my growth, growth edge. The more I do that, the less I'm able to connect with people, the less I'm able to be present and create relationships of trust. I mean, the, the best teacher of that for me in my own life has been my marriage. It's been the greatest thing for my own growth and to embrace a growth mindset. Uh, and I remember really early on, I was so concerned about wanting to look good in front of my wife, my girlfriend and the, my wife. And we went on a trip together in our first year to Italy. And it was, we were gonna do um, rent Vespas, little scooters, travel countryside. And you know, she asked me, do you know how to drive a scooter? I'm like, of course I do. Like, I'm great, I've done it once. And I, I didn't die, so I figured I'm great at this. And so, and I, but again, I wanted to look good. And, and so I, I said, yes, I, I, um, we went to this little shop and this Italian lady rented me the, and she asked me the same question. Do you know how to drive a scooter? And I said, absolutely I do. Cause I want to look good in front of her too. She says, I don't know if I trust you. So I'm gonna have you go around the block. And if you, if you make it back safely, then I'll go ahead and rent this to you. Now I get on this thing and I realize it's much different than the little putt putt scooter that I drove in Thailand like five years earlier. Okay. This is like a monster Italian scooter. This is a, this is the real deal. I get on this thing and automatically I am out of my element. I have bitten off way more than I could chew. Go around the corner, make the first left. I did okay. Make the second left, the third left. Now I'm about to turn the last corner to get back onto the block. And I see a couple cars coming and, and I start to just panic. You know, I make it across the street, avoid those cars, but but I'm wobbling, I'm turning, and I kid you not, maybe 50 feet away from both my wife and this little Italian lady, I just tip the thing over and crash the scooter. I feel like a, a complete idiot. I've looked terrible, and this Italian lady comes and she starts yelling at me, and we have to pay for the damages. Not only do we, do we not get to rent the scooter, but we're out the money that we have to pay her to be able to take care of some of these damages. I feel so dejected. And I remember sitting down on the stoop on this street in the middle of, of Tuscany and looking over at my wife and she just puts her arm around me and says, tough day, huh, buddy? <laughs> and I just, and guys, I felt this deep level of connection and care and love and trust that I'd never experienced before. That was growth for me because I didn't know that that was possible because I'd always thought that looking good and accomplishing and achieving was the way that I was going to grow. And it actually was being okay with not looking good, with taking a swing and a miss, trusting my wife to be, be there for me. And that's really informed the last eight years of our marriage. That's such a powerful example of what it feels like when we partner with people, leading them to their edges. You talked about growth edge, Mike. 
And interesting surprises, emotions, stories start to pop up when you know you're getting close to what feels like your growth edge. So this is the limits of what I once thought was possible or how I used to show up in the world or my expectations. And the closer I get to that edge, the more comes up to the surface. And we can examine, huh, like I, that's interesting that I had that judgment. That's interesting that I had that assumption about my romantic partner, about my friends or my boss. So what a great example of you. Vespa style driving right up to your edge and finding like, oh, you survived and you got to grow in your relationship. That's powerful, Mike. What if one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality? Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world-class coaches to explore what you as a leader and your team are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi-billion dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders in faith and government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now, Let's go to novus.global forward slash now. I did have a thought, uh, Joseph, back to the question. And Mike, that was a great story to even tee it up of really like how we as coaches and leaning in, us having a growth uh, mindset, helping our clients also have a growth mindset or really like how we help serve them in the kind of back and forth between the two. And that's one of the reasons why we all, at least at Novus Global, we all have coaches always. Because if we're not looking at our own growth edges, if you will, or what challenges we're up against, how we're approaching it. If we don't have somebody poking at and testing where our mindset is, then, you know, we might not know actually where we have a fixed mindset or where we might be stuck. We might think that we're right. We might think that we know what is best, what is currently accurate versus continuing to test our boundaries and continuing to test how we're looking at things and really to continue to challenge ourselves to grow in multiple different areas. And we all get coaching on different things. Many of us even have coaches for different areas of our lives for that exact reason. And so it's almost like a going first mentality for me of how can I invite somebody into a world or a space that I'm not willing to go to myself. I love what you're saying, Kristen. And, you know, even just uh, that little bit about am I in a growth mindset or am I not and having someone else who can journey alongside you shoulder to shoulder who can can third eye that or help you third eye that and when I think of the question of am I in a growth mindset or am I not am I in a fixed mindset I think the answer is yes I think both are happening simultaneously and I think specifically if I can kind of shine a spotlight on it for our listeners it's very easy for us for all of us, all of us, even on this call, to want to associate to one or the other. We often, most of us want to say, hey, I, I, I'm one who lives in a growth mindset. But what we need to identify or clarify is that there are areas of our life where we are more in a growth mindset or have a tendency to be in a growth mindset. And then there are areas where we are not. And so it's not an overarching, holistic, all-encompassing destination as so often we want to make something a destination, but we're in fact, we're looking at this as more of a way of being and not only a way of being as it relates to the external world, but it's really about self-reflection and an openness and a readiness to learn and to learn with a spirit of curiosity and to learn with a spirit of curiosity with the assumption that I'm wrong about something. 
one of our friends of Novus, Ed Catmull, the co-founders of, of Pixar, you know, to paraphrase, he has said that when he wakes up every morning, he says, I wake up every morning with the assumption that I am wrong about something. And I spend the entire day trying to figure out what that something is. And so to me, that is, it totally encapsulates a growth mindset. It's an attitude as much as it is a way of being. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of seeing things that uh, really has a sense of humility about it because it, it goes into a situation or conversations with the presumption, I know I'm wrong about something. I wonder what it is. Because when you find it, you grow. To that point, Demore, do we have to be growing in all areas? I mean, as coaches, are we sort of on the lookout for, hey, let's pump up every single behavior in your life that you're doing and adopt a growth mindset to it. When I think about my life, I'm like, well, I don't want to be a high performing washer of dishes at the end of the night. I just want to do a good enough job washing the dishes. I don't have a vision for becoming a better dishwasher. So I'm okay low performing in washing dishes, but maybe I'm not seeing all of what's possible if I had a growth mindset even in that. I mean, are there pockets of, would we suggest, hey, there's some areas where you're not needing to bring in a growth mindset uh, in that part of your life. It's a both and. Like you're both in a growth mindset and a fixed mindset in different areas at different times. I don't think it's necessary to be growth everywhere. To me, the question is, it goes back to vision. What are you trying to achieve? What are you excited about? And where is it potentially not resourceful for you? So if you have a fixed mindset somewhere that's keeping you from getting to your vision, then sure, then we wanna look at what could a growth mindset look like here? But if you're like, to your point about dishwashing, because I'm with you on the low performing cleaning, it's like, I don't actually want to spend a whole lot of energy there. I want to save my energy for the areas that I am fully like in that growth mentality where it's like, how can I achieve this? Or what can this look like? Or uh, how can I step into meta performance, whether it's in my job or being a mom or being a wife? So for me, it's more the back to that question of where is it resourceful for me to have a growth versus fixed mindset and where is it not? And then where it's not, then I can decide to do something about it or not. Yeah. Piggybacking on that, Kristen, I couldn't agree more. It really requires that we are clear about what our vision is. If we think of you washing the dishes, if the area of growth is something that is of pertaining to or related to you doing the dishes, uh, perhaps it's a way in which you want to level up the way that you are serving or showing up for your family, for your children, for your wife, uh, or in any other way. If that's something that you are conscious of, that you are cognizant of, that you have a vision for, and you have a commitment that you've made to yourself and perhaps have made to your family, then it changes the whole game. You know, in that instance, you can still choose not to honor your commitment or choose not to to approach it with a growth mindset, but then we need to look at the costs or you need to look at the costs of that. Tamar, I love that. I wonder also, you know, what does success look like in all the different areas of your life? Because if being the best dishwasher, maybe the vision for growth in that area is to let go of having to be the best in just one thing in my life. There are all the areas of my life where I'm, I'm striving for, for performance and maximum output and to climb the ladder, to be at the pinnacle of all these different areas. But growth maybe looks like letting go of that. And it's because it's not about performance, not perfection. It's about progress in who I want to become as a person. So if that's true, then I can't then, then the answer is yes, I can be growing in all the different areas of my life because maybe I'm growing in trust. Maybe I'm growing in peace. Maybe I'm growing in rest. 
there are a lot of other outcomes beyond, again, what we normally think of in terms of results and performance. What are some of the patterns that we notice in our clients, maybe even in ourselves, when we might be resisting growth? Maybe we're at that growth edge like we talked about before, and it's bringing up some stuff that's uncomfortable, it's new, it's hard, now I'm resisting it. What might be some of the symptoms, even for our listeners, they might even be able to self-identify a little bit of, huh, like I wonder if in this area where I do have a vision, I do wanna make progress, I do wanna grow, I wanna expand, I wanna be more generous, but man, there's some resistance there to the growth that might be necessary to become that person. What, what are some of the symptoms that y'all notice as coaches? One of the symptoms I notice is complaints. There's a lot of complaints. There's a lot of frustration. Uh, and that's not to moralize or to say, hey, any of that is wrong. Uh, but really, those complaints, those frustrations, uh, those fears that are articulated are often almost without exception, they are a doorway into the mind that we desire to have and the life that we desire to have, or what we call a latent vision at Novus. And so there's a way in which when a client shows up and those clusters uh, are happening, I, I think there's a way in which that, that can be related to as an invitation, as an opportunity for something greater or something more valuable to the client. I think one of the things I know that I do I'm starting to feel uncomfortable or I'm noticing it's almost that uh, tipping point of what do I want to choose to believe here or how do I want to choose to approach this is avoidance. I tend to either avoid answering the question directly that my coach might be asking me. I may avoid taking responsibility or taking ownership of whatever it is that we're talking about or almost abdicate my power in the situation. So maybe leaning even more into that victim mentality. Uh, happened recently, actually on a coaching call with myself and my coach. Like just real quick, I was late <laughs> to the call. I spaced on the start time and she is so awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to really lean into being right about I just space. And it's like, well, what if you didn't? And what if uh, there was something else happening? And it's it's that would you want to know? And so I had that moment of I could choose to dig my heels in and be like, nope, totally just brain fart there versus how do I want to use this as an opportunity for growth? And really starting with, do I want to use this as an opportunity for growth? And I did. And so we spent some good time on something so small or so simple or what could be but it really revealed so many other things about how I show up in the world and how I relate to things and when I want to be right about things. And uh, it was a really, really powerful moment that she held a space for me to have. Hi, my name is Mike Park, and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. The faculty of the Meta Performance Institute not only provided the training, tools, and experience to learn how to coach people toward powerful growth and thrilling results, but also advocated for that kind of growth and results in my own life. I had the unique opportunity to have world-class executive coaches invest in my development both professionally and personally. It's a privilege to be part of a tribe of coaches fiercely committed to exploring what we are capable of together. If you're looking to become a coach or to set up your coaching practice to reach the next level, I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching to fill out a free assessment of your abilities as a coach and to connect with someone to find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp.institute. Kristen, you and I, we've got a chance to work with teams alongside each other before, and I've noticed a pattern when we work with teams, organizations, 
that sometimes they're experiencing stuckness, stagnation in there. What are some of the ways that you've experienced we've catalyzed a new season of growth in a team context? Yeah, some of my favorite phrases to hear from teams to at least have them realize that they're stuck are, it is what it is. This is how we've always been. This is how our culture operates. And just this really definitive, almost resignation of like, oh, well, nothing's going to change. And so one of the things that we've seen that can really catalyze that growth or shifting it is for somebody to take ownership. And really, a lot of times it just takes that first person to start that spark that uh, can really spread and their energy, the energy, good or bad, is contagious. And so somebody with that good energy that can take ownership and say, hey, I don't want it to be like this anymore and I'm going to do something about it can really start to shift things because uh, Erica Chenoweth actually did a study where she found that only 3.5% of a population or a group, all it takes is that 3.5% to really completely shift the direction. And so, again, just starting with one person, we've seen it grow and uh, be that contagious spirit, so to speak, of like, oh, well, they're doing something. I could do something. And that works for them. And I can jump on that, too. And it has absolutely had this ripple effect of positive growth, culture shift and change when people can step in and say, uh, I want to do something about this because uh, I don't want to be complicit or compliant in how things have been anymore. And I mean, that can happen with anyone in the organization, but we realize all the time how powerful it is when leaders step into a growth mindset, when leaders choose to say, what more am I capable of? Where can I grow to be able to receive feedback and ask, like, what are some areas of my, of my life where I'm getting in my own way of my growth? What are some other things that I could be working on? And that that can be such a powerful step for an organization when the leaders and whoever, again, might be at the top of the org, take on the vulnerability to be able to say, like, I'm putting myself under the bar, like we like to say, to do the work. And now that gives an invitation and sometimes permission to the entire organization to do the same. I think one of the things that can be really powerful for an organization, you know, for all of us and for anyone who has been a part of a sporting event, we've seen or we've experienced the phenomenon where the team isn't doing well. The team is stuck. The team is on their heels. They are uh, floundering. And yet the crowd, if we imagine in a stadium, typically we're talking like 20,000 people, the crowd, by championing them, by acknowledging them through chanting, through flag waving, through cheering, can have a direct impact on not only the performance of the team, the performance is one metric that we can measure, but clearly there's a way in which that affects the mindset of each and every one of the players that's on the team. And I think as we see in organizations, oftentimes acknowledging, just having time that's carved out where individuals are able to acknowledge their direct reports or others on their team, uh, that that can have a profound effect, uh, not only on how someone is feeling in that moment, but how that team and how that individual, how they're able to, you know, essentially uh, coalesce together and move to greater heights together. You know, some of our listeners are experiencing what feels like or occurs to them as a failure right now. They hit a wall. They got some disappointing news. Market conditions have changed. The old plan isn't working the way it used to work. There's some complaining going on. There's some disunity in their relationships. Something's just not working. We've got listeners, coaches and leaders who are experiencing failure 
as it occurs to them. How has a growth mindset served you in times of failure historically? Yeah, the first thing that came to mind was a comment that, Kristen, you said a few times, probably about 20, 30 minutes ago, and it stuck with me. And it's that notion of what do you want to create from it? What do you want to create from this? So whatever this failure is, this this setback, uh, this discouragement, this piece of bad news, what do you want to create from it? And the implication is, is what do you choose? What do you want to choose that is resourceful? in order to move forward and move forward in a way that's effective and uh, beneficial, not only for you, but also the people that you work with and serve. Yeah, I think one of my most favorite coaching questions that has been asked to me that I've used multiple times with my clients is, what if this was the best thing that ever happened to you? Or how could this be the best thing that ever happened to you? And that's like snapped me out of some of the funk or some of that victim mindset of, I almost picture myself as like an athlete, like getting ready for a game or a race and just like shaking off. It's like, okay, okay. Like, how could this be for me? What can I create from it? To your point, Demore, what if this was the best thing that ever happened to me? Because if you think about it, like the best business stories or some of those best movies started from a failure. And then it's what they decided to do with it or what decided to do coming out of that failure that turned into this amazing story that everybody wants to hear and this huge success that probably wouldn't have happened if the failure didn't happen in the first place so that they could learn from it, so that they could do something with it and so that they could grow from it. And so I love using that question in those moments, Joseph, of just, you know, the tough life moments that are going to happen. They're going to happen because if you're living, if you're doing things, especially if you're up to big things, like they'll happen. And so you get to decide how you respond to that. Yeah. Because who wants to read a book or watch a movie that essentially is some, everything's going good for this person. And then it just gets better. The end. (laughs) No, no, no. What I want to see is somebody get punched in the face and kicked in the teeth and then, you know, slashes tires And then, by the way, there's a tornado coming. And then what occurs in that person's life? What choices do they make? What Yodas do they, you know, they partner with to be transformed, first of all, existentially. They become a different person and then they get to experience something radical that we get to watch and applaud. What if every failure is just a great story in the making? That's so good. What occurs to me when I'm in moments that feel like failure it really shatters my illusions of self-reliance and self-importance. Because often I think there might be the story that I have that I, I can do it on my own. I could accomplish it. I can strategize it. I can perform my way through it. In moments of failure, it's an opportunity for me to ask for help. It's an opportunity for me to have other people speak into my life with feedback that, that might be some hard truths in the moment, but might be some really tender encouragement. And that for me, it's been an opportunity for me to embrace the community that is around me and the relationships that that I get to have. Well, so today we've been talking about the power of adopting a growth mindset in areas of your life and how we as coaches and maybe you as a coach listening in or a leader can begin to create that space, inviting people in your life into a growth mindset to create not just more progress towards some professional vision or a personal vision, but enhancing the world around them. Something is left off of the table when we don't choose to engage in a growth mindset. We are changed as a result and the world around us is enhanced. 
Thank you so much to my friends, my colleagues, Mike, Kristen, and Demore for joining us today for this conversation. All right, we have a few more things to let you know about before we go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into as many leaders' hands as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people you care about. Okay, second, we have more resources for you online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company, written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. Simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this thinking, maybe you wanna be a coach, or maybe you already are and you have a vision to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp, as in metaperformance.institute. There we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you need to create the coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Steven Selnick as producer, and editors and audio engineers, Drew MacPal and Jeremy Davidson. We love working with this team. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.